It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 24th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Today, we're going to talk all about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Brooklyn Nets and the Magic's late-game struggles of late. They're actually tied to what has been a struggle for the team for a little while now uh, and and is actually going to be probably the big reason why the Magic are fading out of the playoff race is their inability to win close games at this particular moment. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. I work by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with the excruciating detail that we do, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Want to learn a little bit more about Friday's opponent, the Washington Wizards? Check out Locked On Wizards. Want to get the national perspective? Check out Locked On NBA. And yeah, there's also NFL teams as well. You can check out Locked On Rams and Locked On Patriots to get yourself ready for the Super Bowl. It's also Locked On NFL as well. The Pro Bowl, of course, in town in Orlando this week. So Locked On NFL, probably not going to talk about it because it's a Pro Bowl and no one cares about the Pro Bowl. Sorry. Um, But definitely check out those great podcasts. You can find them all on iTunes. There's Locked On NBA, NFL, MLB, and College 2. You can check it all out on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Or tell your home smart device to play podcasts, Locked On, and the team you are looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. For the second straight time, the Orlando Magic were... In the game to the very end, or it, the game came down to the final possession with a Brooklyn Nets team that is supremely confident in who they are and what they're doing, and certainly has a ton of confidence in late game situations. This is a group that has playmakers and shot makers, is playing extremely well, having entered this game, winning 17 of their last 22 games to rise to the sixth seed in the East. And they're a team that you got to try and put away early or hang on. Orlando tried that the first time. Didn't work. D'Angelo Russell hitting a step-back three-pointer to give them the lead. Orlando missing a free throw by Terrence Ross. And then a layup from Evan Fournier at the buzzer that gave Brooklyn a stunning 21-point comeback and the victory over the Orlando Magic. There was none of that this game. There was no come, There was no crazy comeback or, or big lead. This was a sometimes ugly game, a sometimes frustrating performance that stayed well within range. The two teams were tied with about five minutes to go. The Magic were down five with a minute to go, but got stops. Got a fortunate steal, a fortunate bounce against a team that's very good in late-game situations. Got a missed free throw to give themselves a chance. And so down two in the final possession with 15 or so seconds to play, Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic set up what was a perfectly executed pick-and-roll play. Fournier got a switch, so Jared Allen was on him, and he took him straight to the basket. 
and got a good look for a layup that just missed. Just like his layup attempt last Friday against Brooklyn just missed. But Nikola Vucevic was there at the front of the rim half with Trevion Graham switching onto him, and he lifted up and got the tip in to tie the game. Or so they thought. In fact, Vucevic was just a hair too early touching the ball. As the ball was falling off the rim, Vucevic tipped it back in, but it was an offensive goaltending. And, and I, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I rail against this rule. I think this is a stupid rule. I think that FIBA has it right, and the bas- And I'm not just saying this because the Magic lost the game because of this. I think FIBA, I think the NBA should take FIBA's goaltending rules and allow Vucevic to do what he did in this moment. The ball was clearly falling off the basket. Vucevic merely tipped it in. And this one wasn't a judgment call. This one was clearly against the rules. It was clearly offensive interference. But I personally just don't think the refs should have this as part of their decision-making process. They had the benefit of review, of course, to help them out here. but And they made the right call within the rules. Again, I want to make that perfectly clear. But I, I just don't think that this should have been a pl- this should have been a, uh, any big deal. I think that this should have been a made basket. Vucevic did the work to get in front of the rim, and he made sure the ball went in the hoop. The other team could have knocked it off the rim. I, 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 you see this in Europe all the time in FIBA play. But that's not the universe we live in. That's not the rules as are currently stated. As much as I would like to see those rules changed, they are not. Nikola Vucevic was a hair too early. The ball was still over the cylinder and on the rim. And the Brooklyn Nets were able to preserve their two-point lead, make two free throws, and win the game 114-110. to 110. A frustrating, frustrating way to end a game. Because you did everything right. You executed perfectly. You got a good shot. You got a good follow. And it was just literally a split second between losing and still having a chance to win. And it really... Winning and losing is that narrow. It's that that small of a difference. It really is. But that's the breaks. The Magic can look back to other parts of this game. It's, it's not just that one play, that one mistake. It was a mental gaffe, frankly, by Vucevic because he knows the rules as much as I detest that rule. But it was other things that built up over time especially in those last five minutes. We're going to talk very extensively about those last five minutes. But Orlando committed four turnovers. We're one for five, I believe. One for eight in those final five minutes. It's a miracle that they stayed in the game as long as they did, honestly. Credit to the Magic's ability to get the foul line, frankly. It was Vucevic not getting control over a rebound and him and Jonathan Isaac tipping it into the basket to give... Brooklyn a five-point lead. But at the end of the day, the reason why the Magic lost this game was because of poor execution down the stretch and their inability to make shots. Good shots. Shots like an Evan Fournier three that would have tied the game, a pull-up three that you trust Evan Fournier to make. I know a lot of people are down on Evan Fournier and he's not had a good year, but that's a shot you trust him to make. It's Nikola Vucevic missing a hook shot that he normally makes or a jumper that he normally makes, just like last week's game against the Pistons. Orlando simply was not able to make the shots when it mattered or when time was ticking down. And that's at least approximate cause 
for why they lost. The other reason they lost, of course, is they didn't shoot particularly well throughout the entire game. Their offense was a bit of a slog. When they found their rhythm, they were really good on both ends of the floor, to be to be perfectly frank. And that was that's always been the case with the seat. Orlando somehow found a way to compete and give themselves a chance to win despite shooting 42.7% from the floor. They were able to get to the line for 28 free throw attempts. DJ Augustin shooting seven alone. Jonathan Simmons shooting six. They had some great performances. They survived a bad game from Terrence Ross, who was three for 12, one for eight from beyond the arc for nine points. They survived a bad game from Aaron Gordon coming back from injury, 10 points, five for nine shooting, six rebounds. They survived a bad shooting performance. I mean, this was the kind of, gritty's not the right word, but you fi- you have to find a way to win these games when you don't have your best. And the Magic weren't at their best for much of this game. But they found a way to stay in it, to keep contact, and to give themselves a chance at the end. Again, tied with five minutes to go. It's in these moments where you've got to find a way. Come hell or high water, you've got to find a way. But the defense just wasn't there all night once again. Brooklyn shoots 47.8% from the floor. They don't have the three-point power that they did in the previous game, making only 10. And certainly D'Angelo Russell, only 3 for 8, 9 for 21 for the game, although he had a killer game. But Brooklyn still gets to the paint. 58 points in the paint. 15 fast-break points. Really, it was Brooklyn's mistakes that helped keep Orlando in the game. The fouling, giving up 28 free-throw attempts to the worst free-throw team in the league. 17 turnovers, leading to 24 Orlando points. Those mistakes cost Brooklyn as much as anything else. Orlando did their best to stay in this game, but their defense never really felt engaged until middle of third quarter onward, when the Magic really made their push to to get into the game and make it a contest. Really, I felt like Orlando's defense was passive. They weren't particularly physical. And they let Brooklyn parade into the lane. Maybe they were more determined to eliminate the three-point shot than they were last Friday, but it wasn't a good game defensively once again. And as we continue to see with this team, when they don't play good defense, they lose. Period. Full stop. The Magic have to be a defensive team to win, and this game proves it once again. They cannot keep giving up big games to point guards. D'Angelo Russell scoring 25 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, 9 for 21 shooting. Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench for 29 points. Damari Carroll outworking the Magic for 19 points. Those games cannot happen for this team. What we should see or what we should realize is they are good enough to win even when they don't have everything perfect against their equal teams. Brooklyn is well above 500. They're, they're, they're a different team. But the Magic certainly should consider Brooklyn to be on their level. They've played them to six points in the last in their two meetings this year. They should feel like, why aren't we that team? Why aren't we that? Why don't we have the same record as they do? And it's that lack of commitment to their identity and their style that Brooklyn has. Brooklyn certainly believes in what they're doing. And yeah, maybe Brooklyn's probably a little more talented than Orlando. Definitely a better team than Orlando. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and argue that. But what I'm arguing here 
It's the reason the Magic are faltering late against Brooklyn, late in these games. The reason why the Magic are, are struggling right now is they're, they're not following their formula to win. As, as Steve Clifford says, we know what we have to do to win games. And right now, the Magic are not really doing it. And so they took another loss. 20-28 and 28 now, three games back of the final playoff spot. And this one's going to sting because of all the missed opportunities, the turnovers late in the game, the missed open shots, the bad luck. And that's been a common theme of late for the Magic, that they just cannot perform at the end of these close games. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Just comment a little bit on the individual performances. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, 21 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 9 for 20 shooting, 4 blocks, 4 turnovers. Uh, You know, big number stat lines are the norm with Nikola Vucevic. He is having an incredible year. I, I don't want to take anything away from him, but I think even he would agree that at this point, results matter more. And I know Vucevic is is kicking himself over the over the mistiming of his jump and, and tip in there. Um, I'm sure he's kicking himself over several plays that he made, several opportunities that he missed. And you know, I, I think he's playing fine. I think that he's moving well. I think that he's in the positions the Magic want him to be in. Jared Allen gives him a little bit of problems, just a physical body on the post. Um, he tends to like, when he sees guys like that, he tries to bring them out to the three point line, and so he needs other people to step up. And, and the Magic. Got a few good performances to step up in his in his place, uh, but not nearly enough. Um, and, and some of that's kind of out of his control, but but not nearly enough. Um, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of criticism, I think, of the Magic for going to Vucevic so much uh, at the end of games right now because he's struggling. He's not performing well at the end of these games. He's not playing at a, a high enough level uh, to, to finish these games off. And Orlando's kind of been searching for their guy. And you know, I I rail against late game stats. I I, I don't believe in them so much. I, I'm going to talk about it here in a little bit, but um, I, I really believe late in games you need to run your offense like it's any other minute of the game. I I really despise teams that go to isolation plays or try to set up like very specific sets um, that that end up with isolations or post ups. At the end of games, uh, I hate it when it happens. Like I hate it when it happens in my video game. To be frank, to, to be perfectly honest, like I just like I don't want an ISO. I want to run my offense. Now, this this possession is no different than any other. Uh, and, and so you know maybe you run a, a spread pick and roll, something more simplistic. But I, I really think that the Magic are getting Vucevic good shots, and the Magic are putting Vucevic in positions to succeed. And right now he's just not delivering. And 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 I think that Orlando. Unfortunately, they, they really don't have many choices here. They should keep going to Nikola Vucevic. They should keep running plays that involve him and get him shots because he is their best player. And 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 the theory goes, in these late-game situations, you want the ball in the hands of your best player and you trust Vucevic to make good decisions. He's making good decisions. He's executing plays perfectly. He's getting himself 
those shots, they're just not going in for whatever reason. And, and so you have to dock them a little bit because at this point, results matter more than performance, uh, especially for a guy like Vucevic. He is judged on, I mean, as the best player on the team, and it's been this way for a few years probably, he is judged on how the whole team does uh, and the final results of the game. And, and I think Vucevic would probably consider that fair. And so Vucevic can have kind of a messy struggle game like this and put the team in position to win, and we could call it a solid game, but if he doesn't deliver the win, then it's a struggle game. It's a very difficult game. Uh, you know, you saw this with like Tracy McGrady, for instance. He, he'd have games where he scored 35 points and shot worse than 42% or, you know, in the low 40s. And he would just find a way to get the team to win. And obviously, Vucevic is not at McGrady's level, but you get. I hope you get the point that I'm saying. When we have the star, they find a way to impact the end of games, even if they're not scoring effectively or efficiently. They find a way to to be the guy that their team relies on. And, and Vucevic, I think, you know, in his development, or if we can call it that, is still kind of figuring that part out. And maybe this is just a bad matchup, but... We saw it against Detroit where he missed a couple open shots at the end of the game. Uh, it happened against Brooklyn on Friday where he missed a couple shots at the end of the game that you expect him to miss, make. A- and sometimes you live with it, sometimes you don't. Uh, and I think this is a time where the Magic absolutely need wins. Vucevic has kind of put his neck out there as the leader of the team saying, you know, we can we don't have a margin for error anymore. We've got to deliver. This one fell on him, and, and, and unfortunately, I think he failed to deliver. I think I thought that he played an okay game. Um, it would have been a good game if he would have delivered at the end, and, and unfortunately, Vucevic just struggling a bit at the end of games right now. Really nice performances, though, from DJ Augustin, 19.6 assists, 5 for 11 shooting, 7 for 7 from the foul line. Uh, offensively, he does a lot of what the Magic need, uh, obviously, on that end. Um, able to spread the floor, made two three-pointers. Uh Jonathan Simmons also had a strong game off the bench, 13 points, 4 for 5 shooting, 1 for 1 from beyond the arc, 4 for 6 from the foul line. This is the kind of Jonathan Simmons game you want to see. Uh, surprisingly, Clifford went to him off the bench. I thought he did play well in Aaron Gordon's absence uh, against Memphis, against uh, uh, Milwaukee and Atlanta. Uh, so he just certainly earned some playing time, earned another look. Um, you know, what's the one who's been fantastic? Someone's just going to be squeezed out there. Maybe they're showcasing him a little bit, but... Simmons had a really, really nice game, so he's had a nice string of games. I, I suspect that he'll stay in the rotation for Friday's game against Washington. Jonathan Isaac, 16 points, 5 for 12 shooting, 4 for 7 from beyond the arc. Um, good shooting game for Isaac. And once he started making shots, you could see his defensive confidence growing. I don't worry so much about the offense with him. Any offense you get from him is a bonus. Um, and, and so 16 points is a bonus. The Magic needed that with some of their other players struggling a little bit. Uh, but his defense certainly picked up, and he played some fantastic defense. He got the call on D'Angelo Russell at the end of the game, helped bottle him up a little bit, um, made it a little bit more difficult for him to score and get, create the distance that Brooklyn might have needed to make this comfortable. So his defense was a big part of the reason why the Magic were able to come back in this game. Aaron Gordon, back from the back injury, 10 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 6 rebounds in about 25 minutes of play. Um, I thought Gordon... Was, was eager, was active, but was certainly a step slow. You could tell he was just a little bit off. His, his, his lateral quickness wasn't there. Defensively, he was getting burned a little bit. You could tell he was a little bit out of sync. Um, but you still saw some of the explosion plays. Um, he had a couple nice dunks. He had a really nice block on Joe Harris in the first quarter uh, that really got things going. But overall, his one-on-one defense was, was not particularly good. You could just kind of see that he was a step slow. He was still getting treatment for the back uh, during the game when he was out, out of the out of the game. 
His jumper was just a little bit off. Um, you could just kind of tell, and I think he could tell very early on that he wasn't quite all the way there. And so I think he scaled back his aggression a little bit to accommodate for that, which, you know, honestly, I commend him for. I, I think that he played an efficient, solid game, played played to the best of what he could give. Uh, but obviously, I think the magic again the magic's margin for error is so small they need a little bit more. You know, you can't rely on Isaac to make to score sixteen points and make four threes. They're going to need Aaron Gordon to provide that pretty soon, probably against Washington on Friday. So, uh, a rough, rough uh, not a rough game, but a, uh, a a tricky game for Aaron coming back from injury. I thought he gave good effort. I thought the effort and intention was there, uh, but but probably not the results that he wanted. Finally, Evan Fournier, nine points. Four for eleven shooting, missed all three of his three pointers. It's it's been a tough year for Evan Fournier. Um, there's no getting around it. Uh, it has just not been the kind of year that I think we expect from Fournier. His scoring is down for the first time in his career. His shooting numbers are way down too. Um, he's struggling to make shots you expect him to make. I mentioned that pull up three that he had at the end of the game, and and that's a shot I trust him to make. If I'm the Magic, that's the kind of shot I want him taking. Um, you you have confidence that he will make that shot, or if he's going to take that shot, it's a, it's a good one that he feels in rhythm. Uh, but he really struggled uh, to make shots overall. Um, you know, he, he was he was given the defensive assignment once again on D'Angelo Russell, and really struggled with that again. Russell with twenty five points, ten assists, seven rebounds. It was a difficult difficult game for Evan Fournier. It's been a difficult season for Evan Fournier, but in a moment where the Magic needed him to step up at the end of the game. He really, really struggled, and and I, I I know I've kind of said I don't like judging players solely for their end game uh, production, but Fournier, like Vucevic, is in a situation where he is responsible for the result. The result matters. This it's ultimately what this team is judged on. Their their margin for error is is way too small right now, so they've got to find a way to get wins and, and making bad decisions, turning the ball over, um, you know. And and Fournier didn't have any turnover, so that's not on him. Uh, but but failing to execute, failing to make shots when you're your best shot maker, when you're best three-point shooter, is not making no shots. That is a major problem. And I think Fournier's struggles have honestly been the reason why the Magic haven't been able to take that next step to get into this playoff race more seriously. They're, they're in the race, don't get me wrong. I think they're hanging around. Uh, but, but Fournier not having the season everyone expected and, and Fournier struggling within this offense and, and within the role that he has on this offense, I think is a big reason why the Magic are kind of in the position that they are, where they're just kind of on the outskirts instead of really in the thick of this race and, and maybe even in this race. Uh, you know, I, I've had several people after every loss at this point say, do you really still think this is a playoff team? I, I Honestly, I cannot say, I cannot see how you could watch this game particularly and see that this team struggled. This team really didn't play a great game. I'd give this game a B minus C plus, honestly, for how the Magic played. And yet, they still had a chance to force overtime on the road. They still had a chance to win against a team that is, I think, very clearly a playoff team in the Brooklyn Nets. So I still and I still believe that this team has playoff talent and playoff ability. And, you know, we'll talk probably about this at the end of the season. I've been thinking about this a little bit more and more as, as the season does seem to be getting away from the team a little bit. It's not completely lost, so so I'm not in the tank mode yet. But I would say that what's really frustrating about this season is knowing that this team hasn't lived up to its potential, hasn't lived up to its full ability 
And yet, they're right there in the race still. They're still outperforming uh, our preseason expectations. They're still outperforming uh, 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 any result that they've had really over the last six years. And yet, it still feels disappointing. And I think that's good. I think that's healthy, honestly. I think that's probably a sign that, yeah, the culture's changing a little bit. And credit to Steve Clifford for that. And again, we'll talk probably more about this as the season goes on. But this is the kind of loss that really sits with you and stews on you. Because it's frustrating. Because the Magic have done enough to win a lot of these games. And they simply just can't find that last little inch. Again, it comes down to those inches. That last little inch to get over the top. The Orlando Magic fall to the Brooklyn Nets 114-110 to 110 at the Barclays Center. They're next in action on Friday against the Washington Wizards. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you've heard, if you listen to me on social media or talk to me at all about the magic needing a a closer, quote unquote, I won't disagree with you. I think that is one thing that this magic team is definitely missing. They don't have a guy that can create a shot out of nothing. Terrence Ross does it sometimes, but I, I'm, I'm not trusting him to, to, to create his own shot that often. And I'm generally okay with that because I don't view the last seconds of games the same way I think a lot of people stereotype those last seconds. Like, I, I don't find the Michael Jordan flatten out, let him ISO and work offense appealing especially late in games. And to be fair, some of Michael Jordan's most famous moments came off of set plays. The John Paxson shot, the, the Steve Kerr shot, stick with me a lot more than, the, than, than almost any shot that Jordan took except for the Byron Russell shot. So, so that, that's my philosophy a little bit. I often say to people that, you know, late game situations are essentially coin flips. Everyone's efficiency goes down. Everyone's defense looks better late in games because the pressure is real. And yes, teams really do break off their offense to run highly inefficient post-ups or highly inefficient isolation sets. So unless you have James Harden, who has his own problems with clutch play, apparently, as as a reputation matter, unless you're doing that, you're probably going to be inefficient late in games. And I, and I despise that. But I'll also tell a lot of people that good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. They avoid them because they are essentially 50-50 coin flips. The Brooklyn Nets, who I have said, are a great team in close games, are only 15-12. and 12. Three games over 500 in close games. It's easy to highlight whatever you want to see in these close, ga- in these close games or, or whether a team is quote-unquote clutch or not because of bias or narrative or whatever you want to call it. Most teams are 500 in late games and close games. And, and again, the NBA, the way they define close games 
is any game where teams are within five points in the final five minutes. Orlando is not bad in close games this year. They are 13 and 15 in close games this season. 13 and 15. Roughly 500, which is what you would expect. The key, though, and the why this is actually important, is that's 13 of the Magic's 20 wins, so only seven wins have been quote unquote comfortable. We're going to use that term to mean any game outside this range. Conversely, 13 of the Magic's 28 losses have been, quote-unquote, blowouts. It's probably not the best word to use there, but you hear my de- you know my definition. Orlando has played the third most close games in the entire league. And honestly, that's part and parcel to a team in the Magic situation. The teams that typically play the most close games are teams that are not talented enough to be blown are not talented enough to blow other teams out but too talented to get blown out themselves they play a lot of close games and you know you go back and look at Steve Clifford's last two years in Charlotte the reason those teams didn't make the playoffs was because they played too many close games and they were about 500 in them that's playing out here in Orlando once again Orlando is playing in too many close games and they're not winning them well enough or at a consistent rate. There have been some great clutch moments, so do not think that this team is not clutch. Terrence Ross hitting the three against the Philadelphia 76ers. Evan Fournier, game winner against the Cleveland Cavaliers in an impossible comeback. Evan Fournier again, hitting a jumper against the Detroit Pistons. They've had success. But they've also had a lot of high-profile failures. failures. And as the pressure ramps up on this team, in the midst of this playoff race, the Magic seem to be struggling more under this pressure. Since January 1st, the Magic are just 2-5 and five in close games. Those include some high-profile defeats. An overtime... The overtime loss to Phoenix Suns was in December, but that includes a includes their game against the Pistons, an overtime loss to the Pistons, where they had the lead and gave it up because they gave up a few offensive rebounds to Andre Drummond and he finally scored. And then lost in overtime. That includes the overtime, that includes the loss to the Nets on Friday when the Magic had the lead late and they gave it up. The Magic have had some difficult defeats this year too. There was, of course... Danny Green hitting the game-winning shot against with the Raptors against the Raptors. There was the Suns coming back and beating them in overtime. There was the Nuggets beating them in overtime on again a really bad call. There's a bad call involved in that. And unfortunately, when you get into close games, you allow chance to enter the equation in a way that that doesn't otherwise. You allow for a bad call to change a game as it did Wednesday night, as it did against the Nuggets. You allow a hot shooter to beat you, as Russell did when he hit a step-back three that won them that game, against good defense. Same thing happened with Blake Griffin against the Pistons. But ultimately, winning close games comes down to your late-game execution, your attention to detail in those moments, 
and your ability to make shots. It is a make-or-miss league. And you can brush off one loss in those situations and say, you know, we got the shots we wanted, they just didn't go down. And maybe you can live with that once. But at some point, you got to pull these games out. Because every one of them counts. It doesn't matter if you lose close or, lo- or, wi- or lose by 20. They all count the same at the end of the day. And right now, Orlando is just struggling to play effectively late in games. And it is indeed costing them. Unsurprisingly, it is their defense that is the main culprit late in these games. Orlando for the season has the 8th best defense in clutch situations at one, giving up 101.4 points per 100 possessions. In January, in the 7 games that they've played that are close since January 1st, they're giving up 107.8 points per 100 possessions. Like the whole team the rest of the season, or the re- uh, during this stretch at least, it's the Magic's defense that has slipped. It's the Magic's inability to get stops down the stretch right now that is costing them. And as I said after last week's game, Orlando can't rely on their offense to win games. They're not that team. Nikola Vucevic is their best offensive option. He is missing shots down the stretch right now. So none of that matters if you don't get stops. If you get stops, you give yourself a chance. And that continues to be the lesson the Magic have to learn. That continues to be the lesson the Magic have to have pounded into their head. And it's the one that seems to be falling short still. Because Orlando continues to make mistakes. Whether it be turnovers. Whether it be missed shots. Whether it be giving up point, giving up scores late in games. That uneasy feeling that no matter how big that lead is, if the other team has a chance, they're going to win it. That's not a good place to be for this team. This Magic team has to be better than that. And right now, they're not. Right now, they're struggling to scratch and claw their way out of these games. Close games are ugly. Take out the other 46 minutes and just look at those last two or three minutes. They are ugly. Like I said, efficiencies drop as pressure increases. It's not a surprise the Magic's defense plays a lot better in close situations because offenses are worse. So it is that defensive number that's more concerning than the missed open shots or the missed shots. Because the Magic, I think, you know, except for the turnovers Wednesday in the last five minutes, the Magic are executing and getting the shots they want. What's different now is the Magic are not getting the stops they need. And until they do, they're going to continue to struggle winning these close games. And if they continue to struggle winning these close games because they're going to continue playing a lot of them, they're going to fall further and further out of the playoff race. Again, I say all the time, good teams don't win close games, they avoid them. And that's that. I say it that way to prove a point. That you want to avoid these games. But when they are unavoidable, winning and losing close games 
determines whether you make the playoffs or not. This is a playoff team. We should hold them to that standard. Their inability to win these close games in January is what's going to keep them out of the playoffs. And again, it's it's a symptom of their defensive struggles over the last few weeks. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be exploring a little bit more about the, Ma- the Mike Conley rumor and whether the Magic should get involved coming up on orlandomagicdaily.com later today. Be sure to check that out. We'll be back tomorrow with a preview of Friday's game against the Washington Wizards tomorrow. Um, Or maybe not. I I might have a guess. We'll talk some trade deadline maybe. Um, But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.